Welcome, football fans. It's Angela and Suzanne, and we are back to discuss week seven football games and to talk about the upcoming games in week eight. Um, got Suzanne on uh, the telephone this week. We were not able to get together. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so uh, we want to recap. Um, like we said last week, there was just a little game going on up the road. Not really a big deal. You probably haven't heard any coverage of it at all. Um, <laughs> nobody's really been talking about it, Suzanne. I, I, I feel like we need to really cover it because, you know, I don't think anybody's covered else is just, yeah, there's nobody's just talked no, about it. No hype whatsoever. <laughs> um, yes. Big weekend on Rocky Top. I think... I have seen more orange everywhere around town, everywhere that I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, so, and reminding uh, our viewers where we are located, because we have viewers, Suzanne, you know, all over the world. All listeners, not viewers. Cleveland, we are in Cleveland, Tennessee. In Cleveland, we Tennessee. Are exactly a little over an hour away from Knoxville, Tennessee, where the little game took place. So, so I Googled it. We are one hour and 15 minutes from Neyland Stadium. Okay, so, so there you go. We are in the deep heart of Tennessee football okay. country. It is orange. It's very orange here. Not Clemson orange. It's Tennessee orange here. <clears throat> but anyway, wow. that was a, you know, there was a lot of hype about that game. And that was actually one game, Suzanne, that lived up to the hype. It did. And I, like I said, I have watched clips here and there. I didn't get to watch the whole game because I was watching another game that started at the same exact time. Saw the scores flashed up, but I did not get to like sit there and actually just watch the game. Well, to so, tell everybody um, where you were this weekend. So, oh, I was, um, I was in Athens, Georgia um, at homecoming. Um, Georgia played Vanderbilt for their homecoming game. And so um, my husband and I went down there and met his college roommate and his wife and um and we saw some other people and we just had a really good time just being in Athens so that's where we were this weekend but both games started at 3 30. and, and I will say Suzanne I was thinking about you on my drive home today when when you go to a game like when I went to the last Clemson game it's wonderful and it's fun but you really don't get to see any of the other games because it pretty much is your whole day and yes, and that's, that's great. And that's fun. And it's, it's worth it, but it is hard to see other games, even though a lot of people tailgating have the TVs on and whatever, everybody's busy talking and whatever. So right. um, it's hard to watch. It's hard um, to watch other games. So um, it is, it is. So, um, and like I said, this happened to just be at the same exact time, like kickoff. So um, anyway, and I do have to say Tennessee fans, and Tennessee football team proved me wrong because I, in my picks, picked Alabama because I thought their defense would, you know, be the be sort of the edge. Well, that obviously did not come out to be true. And um, Tennessee just won in a shootout. Um, it was an offensive, offensive game for sure. Lots of points. And I guess spectators love that i guess you know the the back and forth and all the points so it it was very um, exciting and, and i think i saw a stat that this was the most points alabama had had scored on them since 
1907 against Sawani. Sawani. Wow. <laughs> Sawani, the little Sawani in Tennessee, I think that used yeah, to be in the um, SEC. Mon Eagle Mountain. Um, wow. Since 1907. So there were a lot of stats that I had written down. There's a lot of them going around on the internet, but it, it was a big game for lots of reasons. Um, number one, there was, it was 125.4 decibels. That was a Neyland Stadium record. Um, the loudness. Yes. The loudness. We, we so, knew it was going to be um, a wild environment for sure. Well, um, and our, so. we had a lot of friends who went to the game, and one of our really close friends, um, Sherry Vaughn, went with her daughter, Devin. And Sherry told me the other day that um, – that they, she said, Angela, nobody would leave, left their seats. Everybody stood up the whole time. She said, we were starving. We were, we were thirsty. We were hoarse. We had a headache, but it was amazing. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. And I get the it. Fans did their job. Yep. Fans, I mean, my hat is off to you because I have been to Neyland Stadium when it's not a big game and it's loud. And I can't, e I can't even imagine um, how loud it was, but. Let me, Suzanne and I have talked about this before, and I wanted to talk about this again, Suzanne, because you and I have talked about the importance of fans. And oh, definitely. Home, you've got to have a home field advantage. That's what makes the home field advantage. So I was going to exactly. go over these stats that I had read. In Alabama had four false starts, two delay of games, one forced timeout, one missed field goal. They had 17 penalties overall. So fans that is partly due to you because yes. you disrupted them so much they could not hear um it probably just rattled them i can't imagine how uh, that would just rattle me as a player even though i'm sure they're playing in those kind of environments a lot but right um, right that's why we say that it's important for you as a fan and and on the flip side of that, Suzanne, Clemson played at FSU, Florida State. Yes. And, okay, so Clemson was beating him pretty soundly at halftime, and a lot of the fans left. Well, they're deep. They started coming back in the second half, and none of their fans were there. So mm, just think. Yeah. I mean, they could have really come down to the wire. They almost did. We only ended up beating them by seven. And I just thought, you wow. know, fans, yeah. you're important. You're important to your team. You so, are, and if you are a true fan, you stay. You just do, you know. You stay. You need to and stay you, and, and and cheer for your team. Um, so that's um, that, and that just reinforced to me how important it is. And I know it was loud, and I know everybody was hoarse and tired of screaming. But you really made a difference in that game, Tennessee fans. And um, so I'm I'm impressed, and I my hats off to you. Um, they had 11.7 million viewers. It's the most watched game this season. Wow. So, but I want to say that this, in my opinion, just based on what I've heard from Tennessee fans, this was an important game, not just to win, but as, <laughs> as another, another Tennessee fan, he wouldn't mind me saying this. I don't think it's uh, Pat Lay had posted this week on Facebook that this was good for their soul because <laughs> Tennessee, they call it battered Vols syndrome. You know, they've just gone through a long period of really a lot of struggles, a lot of bad seasons, a lot of coaches. 
Um, but just football. I just want to point out it's just in football because that's they are true. Good, because I'm just as a sports fan, they have good basketball teams. They've got a good baseball team. They've got a good softball team. So they are not poor pitiful Tennessee. They That's have true. good sports programs. But their um, foot their football has, has been lacking. Football has been down, but they have been good in other sports. True. So um, but, but they you know I just think it like Pat said for Tennessee fans and they're still, you know, it's like it's like just like that SEC shorts was spot on. They they just can't quite. It's just like it. They just are. It's hard for them to believe that Tennessee is really a, a, an elite team. Um, so they're probably make sure that it's not just a fluke. They're like, waiting on that shooter dropping on, and in the in the Tennessee game when that scoop and score happened, when the uh, there was a miscommunication between Hendon Hooker and I be, believe it was Jabari Jabari Small. I think Jabari Small thought. Hendon was keeping it as a trick play, and I think Hendon thought Jabari was taking the ball. But anyway, they just dropped the ball, and I don't think either one of them even noticed it. And Alabama picks it up and scores. And, I mean, you could just collectively hear or feel the shoulders shrug of all the Tennessee fans. I mean, and I even right. thought, oh, my gosh, there it is. It, it's done. Tennessee's probably going to lose now. I mean, even I, I was thinking that. And this is what I want to say to the Tennessee fans. This is what makes your team elite. You came back from that, did not give up, and played on and ended up winning the game, and that is what elite teams do. They do not give up, even though it looks very bad. Right. And they did not do it. They didn't give up, and they kept on, and they won. The team stormed the field. They, uh, the, my, one of my favorite things was when they played Dixieland Delight, which – my, the viewers, to the viewers, that's a song that Alabama plays at the beginning of their fourth quarter. And they have their own little words to it and whatnot. <clears throat> so Tennessee's always said, well, that's about Tennessee, so why does Alabama play it? Well, the funny thing is they had to have that queued up and ready to go in case Tennessee yeah, won. <laughs> so right. I loved it. I loved that. That was a huge troll on Alabama. Yeah. And one of our it friend's was. son has a piece of the goalpost that they carried to the river. Okay. Now this is, I, I just have a, I just had a question about this and I heard this on another podcast. <laughs> I've never thought about this, but they pointed out on the podcast um, that, you know, to take one of those goalposts down, it takes a lot of effort. Like, yeah, I'm sure. It takes a lot of manpower because those things, I mean, they haven't been there pretty good. And so it took a lot of people working together and a lot of effort, a lot of just strength and everything, determination to get those things down, okay? So what do they do after all that effort and after everything? They walk out of the stadium with the goalposts, walk down the street and this is what they said on this podcast and i never even thought about it and most of the time people and i i know what you're talking about that like somebody has a piece of the goalpost but like most people everybody would want like a little like a souvenir to remember because that was a big game like oh well i was in college this is what happened and you've got like a, a memento you know <laughs> but what do they do with the goalpost they threw it in the river i didn't get that either I would have kept they it. They threw it in the river. And this podcast person was like, 
after all that effort mm -hmm. of taking down the goalpost and you could have like that a piece of goalpost could have gone to a lot of different people you know and um but what do they do it's I don't like, know. It was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you throw it in the river? It must be a thing because they all were headed to the river with it. Like, I don't know. I don't get I that. Maybe that some Tennessee close. people can explain it to us because I don't get that either. Because they should have, could have saved it and kept it in the locker rooms or, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Kept like, it as I a big memento. I, I didn't understand that. But, anyway, um, it, it was very interesting. Um, it, like I said, it, it's a big deal for Tennessee, I think, for lots of reasons, because I think they're starting to believe their team is back. Um, the referees, I've heard a lot, a lot of chatter about the referees on both sides. Okay, it was, well, because, probably because of these numbers, but that, I mean, uh, Alabama had 17. 17 penalties. Seven, I've never heard of that in my life. 17 penalties, and Tennessee had six. So, um, that, um, and I'm not, I mean, you know, they, that you can't win a game having 17 penalties. That is like, well, they almost I've did. I've never heard of that. They I've almost did. Game. Even with all those penalties, they still almost I won. I know. I don't understand that. I remember games where like Georgia had maybe 10, which is like, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. And, and everybody's like, oh gosh, they've got 10, but I've never heard of 17. Like that was a lot. I don't know. And I, I, I don't, don't think I Nick Saban was not up. happy. I would not be happy either. That's, that is all, that's a lot of mistakes. A whole lot. Of well, mistakes. and like we said though, Suzanne, I think a lot of it was due to the stadium, not it all of it, but, but a good part of it. Um, but you know, I heard Greg McElroy and to our listeners, Greg McElroy is a sports analyst who played quarterback for Alabama um, yeah, he does a good job. He's, I, he's one of my favorites. And he um, was back when they won. Of course, they won some championships when he was well, Alabama always does. But anyway, he he had a, an interesting point because they were asking him about, you know, the referees and this and that and the other. And it's taken away from Tennessee's win, all this talk. He said, and I think we need to be giving Tennessee more credit. And I thought that was interesting coming from an Alabama player. It is. Because there yeah. is a ton of talk about that. But anyway, life goes on because you're going to get bad calls in some games and you're going to get the benefit of those calls in some games. And I think it comes out in the wash. That's just my opinion. Um, I know there's well, games. Well, I think in the past, Alabama's been notorious, you know, for getting the calls. For getting so, the benefit uh, of the good calls. Yes, yes. Um, so. So anyway. Um, All right. Any but, other comments on the big Tennessee game? Oh, the Peyton curse is broken now, Tennessee fans. I don't want to hear anything else about the Peyton curse. Yep. That's, that's true. broken. That was probably never a curse to begin with. It's he's a wonderful I, ambassador for Tennessee. Um, this week, it just looked like it was a week of really close games. Oh, um, yes, for sure. I mean, Tennessee, Alabama came down to the wire. TCU came down to the wire with Oklahoma State, had to go into overtimes. Utah beat USC 43-42 to 42 down to the wire. I mean, that happened in the last seconds. Um, UNC yep. over Duke 38-35. to 35. Just a lot of – it just seemed like this week especially had a lot of really tight, close games. Um, I, I think there were several teams that rushed the field this weekend. Yep, 
I think there were. Did Utah, I, I believe, were. didn't USC play at Utah? Uh, I think they did, and I want to say they rushed the field. It might have, I, I think you might be right. I, I heard I some analysts right. talking about that, that Tennessee wasn't the only rushing the field this weekend because, you know, we get pen, they get penalized $100,000 for doing that. Um, yes, it was at Utah. And then I want to say, uh, I think there was another team that rushed the field, uh, but I don't remember if it was TCU or who it was. Well, and another big game this week, uh, Michigan. Yes, uh, huge game. They, uh, they beat Penn State. and 41 State to 17, like, not even close. Yes, and Penn State, yeah, not even close. And everybody thought that was going to be a close game and a hard game and everything else. But I think Michigan showed some dominance this weekend. Um, yes. In their game. So, um, a big game that was not ranked. Well, no, it, it was ranked. Ole Miss is ranked. Was Auburn at Auburn versus Ole Miss. Um, well, and in that game, I, I don't think Ole Miss won by that much, to be honest. It was 48 um, to 34. Okay. Um, I think it was supposed to be more than that. I think so too, because uh, Auburn is not having a good year. No, they're they're struggling. Um, oh, another fun game that's they're neither ranked is LSU at Florida. Um, actually, were yeah, they at I, were they at Florida or at LSU? I don't I remember. I believe they. I, I think they were at Florida. And um, LSU won forty five to thirty five, and and I had posted this on my Facebook feed that. Um, Chris Doring was a wide receiver, I believe, for Florida, and he bet with Peter Burns. They have a show on the SEC Network, and they always make a bet every year. And he had to he came out dressed like a clown with full clown makeup, and he they made yeah, him do the right. interview with the LSU coach. So he's in full clown makeup <laughs> interviewing the LSU coach. That's so. Funny. And they're both and, and both Peter Burns and the LSU coach are trying to be really serious, like trying not to laugh when they're looking at him. That's funny. That's just one of the things to me that makes college football fun that I think is different than NFL. Maybe the NFL is like this in some places, but um, well, you know what? The, yeah, but you know what's funny? The NFL. You know what the NFL players do? They make bets on their college teams. Like the players. Like if Clemson had an NFL player and Clemson was playing, you know, Florida State, and they have a Florida State teammate, they'll make the bet. You know, that they have to wear something funny to or whatever. Yeah, whatever the bet is, you know, so they still they still do it even when they're in the NFL. Well, that's just fun to me. I think that it's one of the reasons college football is fun. And I want to give a shout out to Oklahoma because I know that wasn't on anybody's radar much, but Kansas played Oklahoma. Kansas was supposedly a really good team and they were ranked 19. And Oklahoma beat them 52 to 42. So I want to big, give a shout out to Coach Venables, to Brent Venables, because I know the Oklahoma people are probably getting upset with him. But again, might want to give him a little time. There you go. Um, any other games you want to talk about? NC State at um, Syracuse. Um, Syracuse uh, beat NC State. NC State was 15. Syracuse was 18. Syracuse yeah. is undefeated coming into Clemson this weekend. Yeah, as Clemson is. That was, that's a, that was a big that game. That was a good one. And then Kentucky looked to me a lot better this week. Um, 
and oh yeah that was a game kentucky actually, played mississippi state you, you picked kentucky i played i picked mississippi state because you know up until this week mississippi state and i think we talked about it last week they were sort of like one of those hot teams that were doing pretty well well kentucky beat them so um, but kentucky, kentucky has their quarterback back now they, don't they yep that yep, makes a difference it did, wasn't their quarterback out uh, yes, he had been. And, and then Arkansas also had theirs back, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Arkansas beat yeah. BYU. Yes. That was sort of a back and forth game, and then Arkansas broke away. So, yes, yeah, so. the quarterbacks are coming back. And then, yes. um, yeah, we called, we, we said, Suzanne and I had talked earlier about some mystery teams that we still don't really know what, what they are. And that would be, I think, LSU would be one of those. They, yeah, back you, and forth, you back never and know forth. what what's going to yeah. come out one week. Um, what were some other ones you were thinking of that we talked about, Suzanne? Uh, let's see, LSU. I think we talked about South Carolina. Yeah, because they're um, kind of good some weeks, and you're like, what? Well, it's funny because like South Carolina beat Kentucky the week before, which was a shocker. Then Kentucky turns around and beats Mississippi State the next week. You know, it's so just, it's, yeah. it's just very Kentucky might be a mystery team. Maybe, but again, we were, you know, I guess the quarterback that does have a big, you know, big factor in everything. So, um, absolutely. I hope, anyway. I hope, um, everybody stays healthy as long as possible, but we're getting into the second half of the season. That is exactly right. It's the meat. So next we're going to talk about upcoming games this weekend. And a lot of teams are on a bye this weekend. A, a lot, lot of the of SEC are. teams um, are anyway. Yes, they are. Yeah, I know Georgia's on a bye. Florida's on a bye. Um, yeah, I was looking at my magnet earlier. Let's see. There were there were a bunch of them. Yeah, Arkansas's so. on a bye. Auburn's on a bye. Florida's on a bye. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, Georgia. Tennessee plays UT Martin. <laughs> So <laughs> that's like a buy. That's no, sort of a buy. And that's probably good because Alabama is hosting Mississippi State right after that Tennessee game. And that's probably I think a lot of that's hard. That's hard to have those weeks yep. in a row. Yep, it is. So that should be a good game. Mississippi State's ranked twenty four. Alabama dropped to six. Tennessee yep. came up to three, which I think is great. I know a lot of Tennessee fans wanted them to be ranked higher. Um and then, but I thought, you know, hey, you're in the top four. Yay. Well, I, I think, yeah, I, because you got to realize, too, that, like, you know, there's teams up north and other places. We tend to forget that here in the south. You know, there's people <laughs> other places in the country playing football. You mean there's football somewhere else? There's football other places in our country. <laughs> and um, so, you know, you've got Ohio State, you've got Michigan, um, you've got Clemson, you've got all these teams that have pretty much remained consistent all year long and are winning. So you, it's, it's, you know, I think they're fortunate to be at three just because of the teams that are ahead of them and what they have done. Like Michigan, I was just saying, you know, beating Penn State, like they creamed them. That was a yeah, that, supposedly they did. at least in the polls a top 10 team um 
So it's all, you know, but again, I guess rankings are just rankings. Maybe it just makes fans feel good. But in the, in the end, it all plays out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hope so. You're going to have, like, Ohio State's going to have to play Michigan. Um, all that will work, as, you know, it, it all works itself out in, on the field. So My comment has always been to Suzanne that Ohio State hasn't played anybody yet. So, But they're ranked high, and certain teams, I believe, are given – more of a an edge you know the ones that have played in the playoffs before and whatever are given more of a you know like why you know otherwise syracuse would be in the top four you know what i mean if they had right had an elite season previous seasons um so any other big games the clemson syracuse game is a big one it's at noon yeah these are the ones that we have so far that we thought we would concentrate on this week um syracuse at clemson both undefeated, um, is, and I will be at the game with Landon. Oh, that'll be fun! And it's four. It's Syracuse is fourteen, Clemson five. Then uh, Mississippi State is at Alabama, so that's twenty-four and number six. Then we have Texas twenty at Oklahoma State eleven. That should be a good then, game. Then a good game out west. Um, UCLA number nine is at Oregon number 10. So that'll be a big game out there. And Kansas State is 17, and they're at TCU, who's number eight. Oh, that, that's so Those are all the one. ranked games. Um, and I think the other one we talked about was Old Miss um, at LSU. Because mm-hmm. Old Miss is ranked. There's um, seven. Yeah. And undefeated. So, There's a lot of yes. undefeated teams right now. Um, yeah. South Carolina plays at unranked, unranked South Carolina plays at unranked Texas A&M, which that may be a really good game, actually. It may be. Yep. Um, but that's what's coming so, up in week eight. Yep. Um, so we were just going to pick these games and all right, I'm picking so, Clemson over Syracuse. Oh, Lordy, I hope so. I'm picking Clemson, too. I, I, no, I, I know. They're at home. They're going to be ready. So Clemson will beat Syracuse. All right, Alabama, uh, Mississippi State at Alabama. Uh, I'm picking Alabama. I think I'm going to pick Alabama too. I think they're going to they're going to be mad. I think they're going to be a little upset. Yeah, and they're at home. Uh, yes, they're at home. And Alabama's a loud stadium. I've um, never been, but I'd like to go. Yeah, they've got a good fan base. Um, Texas number 20 at Oklahoma State. I'm picking Oklahoma State. I am too because I've picked them every week. Yep, they lost last week. And they but it was in double week. overtime. It was in double overtime. You know what I mean? So that was a very, very close game. Okay, UCLA at Oregon. I am picking Oregon. Dan Lanning. I'm picking <laughs> Oregon too. Because they're playing at Oregon. The Ducks. Uh, really like Dan Lanning. He's um, a Georgia guy for listeners. He's the defensive coordinator, and he's done a pretty good job for his first year. And, yeah. Uh, Shoot, yeah. And then Kansas State is at TCU. Um, I'm picking TCU. I'm picking TCU because they've been on a roll. Well, you and I, this is easy this week. You and I. Got all the same picks. What about um, you want to pick Ole Miss at well, was it LSU? That's probably a Ole Miss at LSU. Yeah. I think Ole Miss will win that one. 
I do too, I but they're at LSU, so that might be an upset. Upset watch on that one. Yeah, I still think Ole Miss will win. I agree. I, I, I think, think they will too. I think they're a couple steps ahead of LSU. Okay. So, do you want to pick South Carolina at Texas A&M? I'm going to pick South Carolina. I'm going to pick Texas A&M. Oh, wow. We're different on that one. Okay. You know, I can't, it's hard for me to pick South Carolina. Oh, that's true. Now, I do like Shane Beamer. I do too. Um, I do like Shane Beamer. I like, I like their coach. He's um, cute. And I'm not, I don't know, Jimbo Fishers. He's not your favorite. He's not a lot of people's he, he's, favorite. He's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know him, you know. <laughs> well, we all act, we, we all feel like we know our, these people. I feel like I know Dabo. You know? I know. It's hilarious. Okay. So we have finished making our picks for week eight. And every week on the podcast, we like to talk about, we, I don't think we did it last week because we ran out of time. Um, but we like to talk about um, certain football terms because, again, we like to, we kind of started this podcast with the idea of people who don't know a lot about football because that would have been me and still is me. Um, and so I think it's a lot more fun the more I know about football. And I think it, it becomes more fun when you learn, you know, more about the game and you can follow it better. So one of the terms we wanted to talk about this week is you probably hear them talk about zone coverage versus man to man coverage. And for somebody like my son, Landon, that's just obvious because he grew up playing football. But to me, it is not. So uh, Suzanne is great at explaining things, and I would like to hand off the mic to her. Well. <laughs> she's uh, a teacher, and she's got that great teaching ability. Well, thank you very much. Um, okay. Uh, those are different terminologies for the defense and for their secondary and how they cover receivers. So the so you can play a man-to-man -man coverage, which means that you have um, a defensive back in your secondary assigned to each receiver. And they stay with that receiver on the field. They run with them. They stay with them. It's their um, job to cover them. So that's man-to-man. -man. You're assigned your person to cover and you have to stay with them the zone is more you're assigned an area on the field and that's your area to cover so if when a player a receiver comes in your area you're responsible for covering that receiver in your area so it's just a different two different ways two different philosophies of covering receivers. And some teams will play both types of coverages within one game. It's not necessarily it's always man-to-man -man or it's always zone. Sometimes they'll make adjustments depending on what's going on in the game and they think that the zone will work better. Um, you know, so coaches are smart at figuring all that out. So do they sometimes anyway. change it up during the play? Because it seems like sometimes I'll hear the, the announcer say, Oh, they're going to, looks like they're going to zone or looks like they're going to man to man. 
based on what they're seeing? I, 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 well, that's, that's a- probably the announcers, but I would say that they know, like the defense, you know, they call plays on defense just like they call plays on offense. And, um, you know, they're calling things from the sidelines and the defensive coordinator is, you know, communicating with his players. So they, I, before a play is even going to start, they're going to know what they're going to do because that would be way too confusing, um, you know, to okay. try and, co- you know, do in the middle of a play. So. Well, that is um, good to know. And so and next week we're going to talk about what the blitz is because you've probably heard that term a lot too. Um, and always, if you have questions, hit us up in the comments. <laughs> so we would love to define, to, to just explain it. Cause honestly, no question is too elementary. Cause that's what this is for. This is football one oh one, and also some more advanced football thrown in. So it's supposed to appeal to the masses. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? You just want to have fun watching it. You just want to have fun and know what's going on. And it does make it more fun when you know what's going on, for sure. It helps. And I had written down, I don't know, I'm sure you've seen this uh, thing with Kirk Herbstreet on the re- on TV when he says, what makes for a great story? A great story has magic, power, and once in a while has miracles. It's an opening that sucks you in and a mind blowing in that has you hanging on every snap. And that's what makes for a great story. And I love that because he's talking and, and all the college football mascots stand up. Have you seen that before, Suzanne? I think I have. So, I and I, I thought that's, that's a great, that's a great way to describe it because it is a great story. Just like the games we saw this past weekend. I mean, you're just hanging on every, I was on the edge of my seat and I mean, you know, and, and sometimes it's even for teams I don't even know that well if it's a good game. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, it is when it goes back and forth and back and forth. And um, those are exciting. So, sure. yeah, I thought that was a great way to describe it. Whoever wrote that for him to say on that commercial did a good job because it can be magical. Uh, and I would say a lot of Tennessee fans feel pretty magic. Like this is going to be a week. People cried this weekend. Grown men. Um, so, you know, it can be magical. It brings out a lot of emotion. It does because it people have watched it with their parents. Emotion. And, I mean, we were very emotional the first time we won the national championship. And um, Oh, I cried when Georgia won the national championship yes. last year. It is. It's very emotional. And, well, for Georgia, it's been 40 years. I mean, you know, that's a long time. It's a long drought, just like, tennis, just like Clemson had. We had a long drought. Long we were right behind time. you. Yes, so it's uh, it, it's very emotional. It's very um, emotional to fans, and and it, it's been exciting to me during this podcast to just figure out exactly how important fans are to the programs. Because I, oh, another thing I think I told you this, Suzanne, was Landon and I are going to the game. Well, Dabo Sweeney in the press conference said, "All right, fans, we got a new game. Everybody, get your biscuits, get your ankles taped up, and get to the game." <laughs> Yes, you told me that. I think that is so funny. And I don't tape up my ankles normally, but I I got the gist of it. Don't be dilly-dallying. Yeah, we, didn't, we didn't get to tape your ankles. I've never taped my ankles for a game. I, I, if somebody wants to hit me up and tell me why that what that means, please tell me. Um, but I'd get the, get the biscuit and get to the game because I know that students are notoriously bad at noon games about getting there really late. But it's important. In other words, he's saying it's important. He wants the fans in the stadium. This is a big Absolutely. game. 
and Absolutely. we need the home field advantage. So don't be dragging in there at, you know, one thirty. Um, right. Right. So yeah. That, so fans, yeah. again, you're an important part of the game. Absolutely. And so anyway, um, that's what, that's all we have this week. Suzanne, do you have anything else? I can't think of anything. Um, they were just some, some, I, I hate, I couldn't watch all of them, but I've heard about them and I've read clips about different things, but week seven was an exciting week of football and maybe week eight will have some good games. Maybe so, because so, sometimes it seems some of the games that weren't billed to be that great turned out to be great games. and Very true. Um, anyhow. Very, very true. Oh, and I want to end on one interesting tidbit that I heard on college game day when Peyton Manning was the guest picker. Or maybe it was after that. Did you did you know he texts Hendon Hooker every week? I had no clue. I did not, I did not know that. Didn't know it. He said, yeah, I text him every week. I was like, what? Well, that is being a good mentor. Somebody asked him if he ever talked to him. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So, you know, there's just a lot of interesting behind the scenes things that go on with football that are interesting to me. Oh, absolutely. I think former players do text players that are currently at the school a lot. I really do. I think on every team across the country. That's interesting. That, that happens. I think because they, they all have like a brotherhood with each other, you know? Yeah, I love all right, fans, Absolutely. have a great weekend watching your games, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.